welcome back to another episode of Plush. I'm your host, Hiva, and boy, do I have an exciting episode for you today. So I've mentioned this before. When I do solo episodes, I try to hold off on recording them until the last possible moment. And the main reason is I just want to give as much time as possible for something funny or interesting or cool to happen, or alternatively, something kind of major could happen, and I want to make sure that I touch on it. So I try to put it off. Generally, nothing interesting happens. Today, my boyfriend, who we call Ozzy on the podcast, he's Australian, if it's your first time listening. And um, so I'm about to come record and kind of out of the blue, I don't, I don't even remember what we're talking about. He's like, yeah, I remember when I was in film school, there was a class we took on audio frequencies or something. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Something with audio. And the teacher mentioned that there's some kind of like sound frequency or a note or, you know, something in the audio world that allegedly makes women orgasm. And there was some kind of concert where there were women spontaneously orgasming. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. This is why I wait. Thank you for this beautiful piece of information. So I go down this research rabbit hole and I'm pretty sure this is what he was referring to or thinking of, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I'll link this episode, uh, this um, article in the show notes, but allegedly there is a quote-unquote orgasm note. Vice refers to it as the mythic note that makes women come. And so this author does a ton of research. Um, There's all this, like when I started Googling it, there are all these websites and like Spotify playlists and stuff that are like, this is the masturbating frequency or like this is the orgasm frequency. Some say it's 33 hertz. I've read like 110 hertz somewhere. I don't know. But I do know that there was this man, Craig Huxley, In the 70s, he invented an instrument that he called the blaster beam, which frankly sounds so much like a vibrator. Like that, if someone like were to say to me, hey, Hiva, there is a device called the blaster beam. Can you guess what kind of product it is? I would obviously guess a vibrator, but no, it's a musical instrument. And legend goes, the instrument has the power to induce orgasm in its female listeners with a single mighty note. And, um, apparently it's been featured in the, uh, 1979 Star Trek movie. Um, and, well, I think it's in the soundtrack to the movie, not like physically in the movie. Cause they're like, in space, right? I don't know. I haven't seen Star Trek. Um, loved Star Wars. Maybe I should get into Star Trek. I don't know. Anyway, um, and allegedly there was a 1990 New York concert where rumor has it several female audience members spontaneously climaxed. I love that term spontaneously climaxed because I just love to picture them at a concert and then just like out of the blue, they're just orgasming in the middle of the concert. I mean, I guess that's what it is, right? What else would be spontaneously orgasmed? It's just like absolutely hilarious. And I love to think about like, I don't know. It's, it's like, we're so powerless over our orgasms that we can just like orgasm randomly anywhere. I don't know. Like I, 
find that I have such a hard time <laughs> orgasming, even when I'm trying to orgasm, that I have such a difficult time believing that I could be at a concert and just like all of a sudden orgasm. Although I will say this, I've noticed that when I do push-ups, I don't orgasm like at all because like orgasms are like quite intense. I just like, I can't picture myself orgasming in public anywhere. There's like a million steps to orgasm. But sometimes when I do push-ups, I notice a little bit of like stimulation in my genitals and I'm not sure what it is. Like, I don't know if it's coming from the inside, like like something with maybe the ab, like the lower ab muscles are doing, like, I don't know, hitting the G-spot in some kind of way. I don't know. In my head, it makes sense, but I can't really explain what I mean by that. Or if it's like when I do push-ups, the way my um, like workout pants like rub against my clit or something. I just, I know I've noticed this before at the gym that I like feel stimulation when I do push-ups, but like I've never, I don't know, maybe I'm just like not dedicated enough to exercising, which like 1000% I'm not dedicated enough to exercising, but, um, yeah, never gotten close to orgasm from doing that. Oh, speaking of exercise, I know I've talked about it before, but I'll talk about it again. I've been doing these EMS workouts. EMS stands for electromagnetic stimulation. And, um, I love it. Like it's 20 minutes and it's a better workout than you could ever do. Like even hours at the gym and it's like no pressure on your joints because these electrodes are, um, stimulating the muscles. You're still doing movements, but it's not like I've done squats with like barbells and insanely heavy weights. And like, I, I don't know, I always worry about my knees, but this, like I'll do a squat that's so much harder than I could have ever done with weights. And my joints are totally fine. And, um, along with this, my mom recently bought me a 23 and me because she had done it. She did it mainly to see like genetic predisposition to certain diseases and, um, so she was like, would you do it if I send it to you? And I was like, sure. Um, I did regret it because you have to spit kind of an insane amount into this cup. Like it was honestly one of the grossest experiences of my life. Like I just thinking about it, I get kind of nauseous. Um, and also just thinking about it, my mouth, like just secretes so much saliva. Oh, and you're not allowed to have eaten or drank anything for like at least 30 minutes before. So it's not like you can just like chug some water and then do it. No, you just have to like sit there and like think about lemons so that you produce insane amounts of saliva and can spit it into this thing. It's disgusting. Moving right along. My results came very recently and, um, and I'm looking at it and it's like, you know, 90 plus percent like Caucasian, Iranian, blah, 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 all these things. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. And then <laughs> it says that I have a gene variant that is found in elite power athletes, not just power athletes, elite power athletes. And I remember I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell Ozzy. And so when he came in the room, I was like, hey, guess what my 23 me and 23, 23, 23 me, 23 and me, is that what it is? Good God. 23 and me. That's what it is, right? Okay. Um, I don't know why I want to add like 23 me and me. <laughs> that makes no sense. God. Okay. Moving right along. Um, 
guess what May 23 and me said and he goes the, you have the elite power athlete gene and i was like how the fuck did you know and he's like because i think they just like say that to everyone i was like what do you mean he's like i don't know like everyone i've ever known has gotten it i was like what and he's like every girl i've dated i was like okay why has every girl that you've dated taken 23 and me i think that's where we need to start like are you attracting a very specific type of human being but yeah um so I don't know if it's legit. My mom said that she got it too. And she's like really not, you know, queen of athleticism or anything. But my EMS trainer, shout out Tatiana. She's so fucking cool. I'm like low key kind of obsessed with her. It's one of those situations. Do you ever meet people and you're like, can we like hang out? Like, is there like, I know that we have some kind of like professional relationship, but can we also like maybe get a drink sometime? Cause like you're super cool. Um, anyway, so, um, she, you know, I've trained with her twice also. It's not like we have this like deep ongoing relationship yet, yet working on it. And, um, she was like, wow, like you're doing insane levels. Like you're really like handling this so well. I can't be- believe you're a beginner. And I was like, well, <laughs> I do have the elite power athlete genes. So maybe that explains it. Uh, okay. Moving right along. Um, I have some amazing information for today, but before I get into that, I have to tell a really funny story that if you follow me on Instagram, you may have picked up on, but even if you do follow me on Instagram and you did kind of see this play out, there's a lot of detail to it that you might not know. So I'm just going to break the whole story down. A few days ago or something, I don't know, last week, I put on this show on Apple TV called Blackbird. Can't speak to the show because we didn't even finish the first episode because things just got really derailed. So we're watching the show. And at some point, I see what I thought was Bruce Willis. And I was like, oh, Bruce Willis is in the show. And then I was like, wait, I thought that Bruce Willis stopped acting because he has aphasia. And then I remembered this article I read really recently. I want to say it was in the LA Times. It's actually behind a paywall, but I found a version of it somewhere that someone had uploaded as like a PDF or something. So if you're curious, I can send it to you. Um, it's about Randall Emmett, who is a movie movie producer and the ex-fiance of Lala Kent, who was on Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. So it's like a very long article, this like massive expose on Randall Emmett. I mean, just some of the super sleazy things that he's done, all the cheating, all of the kind of like misogyny and like taking advantage of women, the whole thing with 50 Cent from a couple of years ago that you might remember where um, I guess 50 Cent had lent Randall money and wanted it back. And he started going really public with it. And then Randall Emmett texted 50 Cent. And he goes, please, Fofty, like it, it autocorrected or he misspelled it or whatever. And 50 Cent posted the screenshots. Anyway, very long article. But in it, it talked about how Randall was really frustrated working with Bruce Willis on some movie because like like Bruce like very clearly couldn't remember his lines or like do very basic things. 
And yet Randall went on to make like seven more movies with him after that. So it was just it was this kind of very unsavory thing. So it was very fresh in my mind that Bruce Willis stopped acting. He retired and has aphasia. So I was like, that's weird um, that Bruce Willis is in it. And then I look it up and it's not Bruce Willis. It's Greg Kinnear. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. I guess I've kind of always thought that they're the same person. Like, are they like two different people? Like, I don't know. Oh, so then I'm like, wait, like Bruce Willis and Greg Kinnear look a lot alike, right? So I go to and Ozzy's like, they don't look anything alike. What are you talking about? Like Bruce Willis is bald. And so I uh, Google Greg Kinnear, Bruce Willis hoping to find a side-by-side photo of them. And so I find a side-by-side photo and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, they're literally identical. Like I cannot tell them apart. So I'm like, do you really mean to tell me that these two people do not look alike? And Ozzy comes and looks at it and he's looking at it for a solid like three minutes. And I was like, ha ha, I bested him. And after three minutes, he goes, these are both Greg Kinnear. And I was like, oh, okay. So neither of these people are Bruce Willis. And he's like, no. And at that point, it starts sinking into me that, like, I don't think I've ever fully realized that Bruce Willis and Greg Kinnear are two different people. So then I start talking about it on my Instagram stories. And I go on this really long rant. And I'm like, which one was in Die Hard? Which one was in this? Which one played Jack Bauer in 24? And all these people DM me. And they're like, Babe, neither of them are Jack Bauer in 24. That's a whole different person. And then I remembered that over the course of the past like month, month and a half, there have been several occasions where we were talking about Die Hard or something, and I just abruptly start talking about 24. And in my mind, this made perfect sense because I thought the same actor was playing all of these roles. But And I could tell Ozzy was a little bit like, oh, that's kind of weird. Okay, I guess we're just like talking about 24 now, whatever. Um, But it all like, I mean, I spent a full 24 hours being like, what? the fuck like what is even going on um yeah I don't know it just okay like are they identical no it turns out there are a bunch of other celebrities that are truly identical um one example google Matt Bomer and Henry Cavill is that his name Superman the two of them I honestly think it's very possible that they are actually the same person. Moving right along, same energy though. I don't know. I just kind of got the same vibe from them. I don't know. Can't fully explain it. Anyway, another fun thing that happened this past week is that I got a colonic. So I have had colonics before. I think I've had two. Um, it happened 10 years ago or more. And I remember being like, I don't think we as human beings are supposed to be doing this. Like, I don't think like this, I think this is like a wellness bullshit procedure that we should not be doing. Like, I, I don't know. Um, it was like a very bad experience. I remember getting very nauseous. Like I really, really did not enjoy it. 
Anyway, so as you may know, if you listen to the podcast, I quit vaping, like vaping nicotine. I don't even know, like probably like a month ago at this point. I don't even, it's been so easy, guys. Like I'm shocked at how easy of a time I've had with the this time. And I really think it's largely because I was really like mentally and emotionally completely ready to let go of this habit. Like it's really, it's been like nothing happened at all. Like I don't even think I really went through withdrawal symptoms. The only thing is like a teensy bit of constipation. Anyway, so I thought that maybe a clonic would be good for my, you know, bowel movements to like get things back on track, things like that. And, you know, get rid of maybe some of those nicotine toxins from inside my body. Um, and I had heard about this man in the East village of New York, who some people call the father of colonics. Now he did not invent colonics to be clear, but he's been doing this for like God, I don't even know, like 50 years or some shit. Like he's just, and he, like he has like no online presence. He said he doesn't even have a computer. He doesn't advertise at all. He just kind of doesn't give a shit about anything. He just saved his own life via colonics. And so he just kind of wants to spread it now. I think it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I made an appointment. I was absolutely terrified the day of. I show up and I'm like nervous and like nervous talking. And um, he's like, okay, like come in here. It's like in the bathroom. He had set up this kind of table above where the bathtub would be. Like it's completely closed in. And then there's this tank above it. And there's like a hose that comes down or there's two hoses, I guess. One that puts the water into your butthole and (laughs) the other hose thing is where all the poo comes out into. God, this is disgusting. (laughs) Um, When I had done it previously, it was like a very fancy advanced setup. And he was saying that this works way better because the water is above the body line. So last time I kept getting nauseous because the water would completely fill up inside my body and like nothing would come out or it would take forever for things to come out. And I would just get so nauseous because like the water's just pushing and pushing inside my colon. Like it just makes sense that you would get nauseous. But with this, I didn't have that experience at all. Um, honestly, the most unpleasant part of it is you have to like lay down on your side and he puts the thing inside your butthole, um, which like I really, really freaked out about. I mean, like freaked out, like I acted like a full on child. I was like screaming and whining. And then he's like, okay, now lay onto your back. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't. There's something in my butt. And like really being very dramatic. I think he really thought he was going to hate me, but I won him over later. Um, anyway, it's fucking weird. He was like, yeah, you just like, you really have like a very tight, like anus. And I was like, thank you so much. (laughs) I mean, I will take any type of compliment, anything that implies that I'm in any way small or dainty, I will take. Thank you. In my mind, I've interpreted this as you're skinny, but really I will say the whole experience very much turned me off of ever trying anal. Like I just, I know there are people who love it. Um, I used to think that all men really wanted anal. It honestly took until like the fifth or like seventh guy to be like, 
I really don't care to do anal for me to believe that maybe all men aren't just obsessed with anal. Anyway, um, I have to say, I really, I don't think I'll be doing anal. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking wild experience. So the thing goes in and then the water starts and he's there the entire time. Last time I did it, like it was like me by myself with this gigantic machine, just like freaking out. Um, but no, he's like massaging, um, like your tummy from the outside. Also, you have no pants on. Now he does give you this kind of sheet to cover yourself. But frankly, like him seeing my labia was the least of my concerns. I had a piece of plastic inside of my asshole and I was shitting in front of someone. (laughs) Now to put it in perspective, when I poo inside my own apartment that I share with my loving, kind boyfriend, I go to my bedroom, I lock my bedroom door, and then I close the bathroom door. We're behind layers and layers of doors, and he's all the way on the other side of the apartment that's like across the block, basically, is the best way to describe it. We are like a thousand feet apart, and there are two doors plus doors separating us from each other, and I run the fan and I use poopery. Like, I, like for me, just the concept that there's just like poo coming out of me in front of some man that I don't know is so wild but yeah so you're just like bottomless and like shitting basically (laughs) with another person and it's like so normalized and then after I was done and he said I did very very well which honestly like I didn't think that you could like be good or be bad at this but if there was an option I'm so happy to know (laughs) that I'm good at it I don't know um but yeah afterwards he's like yeah um you know now just like sit on the toilet and anything else that's left um can come out and like when he left he didn't like the door was like almost a teensy bit cracked and I like I just like sat on the toilet and did it and later I told my boyfriend he's like seriously you used the toilet with the door cracked you were psychotic about the toilet but I'm telling you like after you do it in front of someone it just like really normalizes the concept of bowel movements for you like in a whole nother level. So overall, I kind of liked the experience. Um, If you've been considering it, this is your man to do it with. I'm telling you, I think this is the only person you should do it with. And I just think it's so cool that he cares so little about the business side of it. And it's just what he believes in. And like the press just finds him, like people find him and do interviews with him and stuff. And it just spreads through word of mouth. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Um, obviously I had to talk about it cause like, God forbid something happens in my like nether regions and I don't talk about it. Speaking of which I've decided I'm not getting Brazilian waxes anymore. The last time I got one, it hurt so badly. And I was like, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? I want to try laser. So I will keep you guys updated on that journey for me. I'm really, really pumped. I believe you have to shave first. Is that correct? Does anyone know anything? Like, I don't know how to prepare for this, but I want to do laser. So we'll let you know how that goes. (sighs) Okay. One last thing before we move into the topic of the day. Um, I just have the recommendations of the week. Number one, if you have not seen 24, (laughs) we've been talking about it a bit. It's honestly really fucking good. Like it's a really good show. Now it's not the type of thing you're going to watch over and over and over again, but if you've never seen it and you're into kind of like action and suspense, it's like 
honestly kind of excellent. So definitely recommend that. And then if you're looking for something that's like light watching and kind of cheesy and just, you know, kind of like girly and fun and entertaining, I watched this show on Hulu called Maggie. Um, it's based on a psychic, but like, you know, in like a cheesy Hollywood way, not like a, not, you know, I'm kind of like in the woo-woo world. I know a lot of people who say they have various types of powers, like can channel things like that. This is very different. This is kind of like cheesy cliche psychic, but it's really cute. It's very, you know, community and love focused. And like, like at first I was like, this is a really, really stupid show. It's, you know, kind of like multicam cheesiness. But then towards the end, I was like, oh my God, I'm like so invested. (laughs) I like it so much. So yeah, if you're just looking for something that's light and easy watching, I do recommend Maggie. Um, There is the show Blackbird on Apple TV, but I really can't speak to it because I didn't even finish the first episode. And then you have to watch On Netflix, there's a documentary series called Web of Make-Believe. Each episode is standalone, except I want to say the last two episodes are the same story. They just had to break it into two episodes. The first episode, I mean, my jaw was quite literally on the floor the entire time. Like, I remember on several occasions having to pause the show to like pick up my jaw from the ground and attach it to my face again because it was so fucking wild. So apparently there's this thing in the gaming world called swatting, swatting, where people try to get SWAT teams sent to each other's homes. Like they'll call in fake crimes. I don't want to say more than that because I don't want to, you know, ruin the surprise of what kind of like fucked up insaneness is going to go down. But it is the, I don't even know what to say. Like it was out of control. The second episode was actually like quite sad and um, a little bit less like what the fuck. Um, Although, I mean, the first episode had sadness to it, too. Uh, The third episode is about, like, the alt-right and um, Nazis. I think it's actually really educational and kind of important to watch. And then after that, I believe... Oh, no, no, no. Then there's, like, a sex one that's, like, super disturbing, too. Uh, Although I can't really remember how that one ended, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. And then the last two apps that are the same story... Holy fucking shit. You have to watch and it kind of takes a while to get to the good stuff. So like stick with it. But it's so educational in terms of like I'm a lawyer, so I know this stuff really well and they handle it very beautifully, like Fourth Amendment stuff, like search and seizure, data privacy, really, really insane, incredibly well done, 10 out of 10 recommend. Let's see. Do I have any other recommendations? I kind of feel like I had another one that I just thought of right before recording, but I can't. I mean, I don't know. You could try some of these like Spotify um, orgasm frequencies. Maybe I'll try listening to some. I mean, if only I could listen to that, like what's it called? The blaster beam or whatever the fuck it's called and see if it actually induces orgasms. I mean, what an interesting story that would be, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't remember what the last one was. So moving right along, I can save it for next week. Okay, so the actual topic of this week's episode is how to be the bigger person. 
And um, this is a fascinating topic because never in a million years did I think that I would ever be the bigger person. Or no, I always would strive to be the bigger person, but I never thought I was capable of it. Like I've gossiped, I've picked fights, I've played victim, I've refused to take responsibility, I've misrepresented situations. I mean, this entire podcast kind of started on the premise of my own crazy behavior. But something has changed over the course of the past year and a half or however long. I've grown. I've done a lot of healing. I think this podcast is a big part of it. And Last week, there were two different situations that were like really quite different where I was the bigger person. And I was like, huh, this is fascinating. And um, I love this color on me. And I'm going to really sit down and study exactly what it is that I'm doing so that you know, I, I can pass this wisdom along. <laughs> No, but seriously, I mean, like, if I can do it, quite literally, anyone can do it. Like, the shit that I've done, I've never told anyone this. I've told one person this, I'm sorry, and I told her, like, a few months ago. But other than that, I've never admitted this to anyone. If you've been listening to the podcast all along, you might remember that there was this guy, the German, that I really liked. Um, Or, like, we'd been on a few dates, and I just kind of thought he was, like, the type of person I'm supposed to be with. And then he like ghosted me and I lost my mind and I went to his place and I rang his doorbell like a thousand times. That's the type of person I usually am. I have not historically been the bigger person. So the fact that I've been able to do this, it like really blows my mind. Okay, so the first situation was a very innocuous situation, and it's easier, but I still will point out how I've seen other people handle this and what I did differently. So this happened um, in the wake of the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade. There is this vegan guy who I follow and he follows me on Instagram, like really don't know each other personally at all, but like a lot of vegans follow each other. And he had put something in his Instagram stories that was like analogizing um, the Supreme Court or the United States or whatever in the wake of this decision to the Taliban. And I DM'd him because I've seen this happen a little bit and I've seen people talk about it. And I was like, I don't really think this is a fair comparison because banning abortion is kind of like a uniquely right-wing evangelical Christian American thing. Like, Neither the most Christian countries in the world, like mm, the Vatican, nor the most Muslim countries in the world have a history of banning abortion. This is like a uniquely American right-wing thing. So I just don't think it's fair to be like, oh, like Sharia law or even Taliban, which I understand is a terrorist organization. Nevertheless, like, I think like, it's it's just I don't think it's fair anytime there's like an assault on women to analogize it to like Muslims or something related to Muslims because like even like Muslim terrorist groups aren't even that vile in this regard. And he 
he kind of like took my comment as though I was like trying to pick a fight with him. And he's like, I don't understand like why you're picking a fight with me, like blah, blah, blah. And like was very hostile and like very argumentative. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I'm doing at all. I just like, I know if I posted something that was unintentionally offensive to a group of people, because I think this is offensive to Middle Eastern and Muslim people. I think it's offensive that anytime there's misogyny, we automatically relate it to people from that region of the world. When in this situation, this has nothing to do with them. Like if we're going to talk about like forcing women to cover up and like not teaching men to not leer, Sure, analogize it to the Middle East. But this this actually, like, the Middle East has a long history of being very progressive about abortion, with the exception of I do think Iran actually banned abortion last year. But that's, like, in response to the U.S., like, the U.S.'s actions. Like, it's not like Iran is a very old country, and abortion has always been very much allowed there. Anyway... And, um, and I was like, you know, if I said something that was unintentionally offensive to a group of people, I would want someone to point it out to me. And I was like, I don't like, I'm not coming at you at all. And I thought of other things that I'd been seeing happen at that time. Like, this is going to be so hard to explain without getting into the details, but I don't want to get into the details because it has nothing to do with me. But I know like two people who like got into it a little bit about something abortion adjacently related and then one of the people like screenshotted the conversation and put it in her Instagram stories and I think it's so easy to do that type of thing because you're kind of like recruiting allies to be like fuck this person and like I could have easily done that I could have screenshotted his um, message and put it in my Instagram stories and people would have been like fuck that like mansplaining asshole you know (laughs) but I didn't instead what I did was I try to view him as a teammate and not an opponent and emphasize that to him. And I try to emphasize the things that we have in common. I was like, listen, like we're on the same team here. We're both pro-choice. We're both vegans. Like we're on the same team. Like we have the same end goal in mind. I just like want to live in a world where we can all help each other be better. That was it. Like I wasn't trying to pick a fight with you. I'm not coming at you for anything. We have the same views. And um, a little while later, when I assume he had cooled down, he messaged me. He's like, hey, like, thanks so much for your message. Like you're actually like a really nice person. And I think it probably took him a minute to like cool down and see that I really wasn't coming at him. And I was like, wow, Heva, like, go you. Like, I handled this so well in that, like, I also have a tendency to, like, run away from conflict or conversations, but I didn't do that. But I also, like, it wasn't contentious, and I kept emphasizing that it wasn't contentious. And I think when we have that mindset, we can actually make so much progress in society. When we, like, I try to do this with my boyfriend also, although it's very easy with him because he's just he's just like so wonderful, honestly, like he has such a sweet soul. But when we get in fights about things, and it's not that we don't fight, we definitely have our disagreements. We don't fight like we're opponents. We fight like we're on the same team. And there's this common problem that we have that we're going to put our heads together and try to work through. And like, no matter what the situation is, that helps so much. So this is like the first situation where I was the bigger person. And I think this is 
a situation where conversation is the way out. And when you have that type of situation, my takeaway would be to view the other person as a teammate and not an opponent and emphasize that to them and emphasize your commonalities. Now, the second situation is different and a lot more difficult. And it's a situation where for whatever reason, conversation isn't possible. Now, I'm going to get a little bit into the background of this. So I had a friend who I was really, really close with for a period of time. We haven't talked in like over six months now. And towards the end of our friendship, it was like near impossible for me to talk to her. Now, I will say I've done a ton of work on myself in terms of conscious communication since then. So like my skills certainly weren't as good and that's like really on me. But like the reason that I felt like I couldn't talk to her is because every time I tried, she would take something that I said, twist it into something that I hadn't said, and then get mad at me for the thing that I hadn't said. It was like a ton of um, what we in logic call a straw man argument. That's exactly what it is. It's like you twist something that someone said into something they didn't say and then attack that thing. And like, it just, it honestly was like starting to feel a little bit like gaslighting. Like it was so frustrating. And the last time we talked, I was like, listen, if you want to have a conversation about this, I'm happy to do that. But like, we have to like use a therapist. Cause like, I feel like I'm losing my mind when I talk to you. Like you just keep taking everything that I say and interpreting it in the worst way possible. And then getting mad at me for that thing that I said, like we're getting nowhere. We just keep going around in circles. And what's really, really funny actually about that conversation is she immediately illustrated my point by going <laughs> in quotes, Back and forth is actually what conversations are. And I was like, okay, but I didn't say back and forth. I said going around in circles. This is case in point. Like you take something that I said, you turn it into something that I didn't say, and then you get mad about the thing that I didn't even say. And like, I just like, it's so frustrating. I can't deal with it. So like, if you're willing to sit down with a professional and have a conversation, I'll do that. But like, I'm not going to lose my mind over this with you. And so we haven't talked since then, with the exception of she uses a Finsta account to cyberbully me. And this has been going on for months. Um, as a result of us being so close, she knows all of the things that I'm most insecure about. And she'll specifically pick out and target the things that I'm the most insecure about. So like very specific things I've said about like my looks or career or like things with my family like she'll like take and using a fake Instagram account as like some dude like literally bully me for those things that I confided in her about and it's like super super shitty so even though this specific situation might not be like like these details might not be relatable. I think that everyone kind of has something analogous, whether it's 
an ex that's still on your mind or maybe like a former friend who is like still kind of orbiting in some way, whether you have like some kind of mutual friends or like they're just kind of on your mind. So they're energetically orbiting or, you know, you guys are in the same town and you see her or whatever. Maybe it's like a family member with whom there's tension Maybe it's online trolls if you have a bit of like a platform and you, you know, like once you get to a certain level, trolls are just inevitable. So whatever the situation is, I think everyone has some relatable situation where it's kind of like a gasp feeling. Like when you think of this person or when you think of the situation, it's like a <gasps> type feeling where you're like, oh, and your heart starts racing. So... I wanted to address this, and I think this is a situation where, again, it's where you've exhausted conversation, like a conversation with this person for whatever reason isn't working. Like either it's like some kind of troll and you don't want to give them the time of day. It's an ex where, you know, you've closed off communication or it's just someone who, like in my situation, like continuously showed that they were incapable of understanding where you're coming from. So... I've reflected back on my dynamic with this person and I have over the past like seven months or however long it's been continuously been the bigger person. Like I've not once responded. I've not once stooped to her level. I I mean, literally haven't even like acknowledged her existence. She's even gone as far as like, like really trying to like befriend my friends or like do really weird conniving shit. And I've like to all of my friends never said a bad word. I'm like, I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt. All I can say is like kind of be careful because I see that she's doing this with a lot of my friends and like everyone's kind of like uncomfortable and weirded out. But like I've never said anything bad about her. And it's been really, really hard a lot of the steps of the way. And it like, but at the same time, it feels so good. Like it feels so good when someone acts like, out of such low self-worth and you meet their behavior like from like the highest place possible and like don't even entertain it. But the thing is like, I don't like, I don't want to white knuckle through life. Like I don't think that we should be like sometimes in the short term, you have to do something that's really, really hard. But I think after that, you should, once there's like time and space, actually do the like the deeper subconscious work, like find the root and address that. And that way it becomes easy to be the big person. And so the last time that she did some cyberbullying, I really took time and I was like, okay, I want to get to the root of this so that the next time this happens, it doesn't feel like a punch in the gut because like every time it like literally felt like I was like shot in the stomach because I was like I was so close with this person and like things deteriorated like kind of I mean you know over things but like kind of over nothing and like now what am I just supposed to endure her bullying for the rest of my life like when will she get over it like when like will she move on in her life you know like am I just supposed to deal with this for forever and I'm happy to say that I've kind of gotten in the place in the past couple of weeks where I'm like, you know what, if she wants to do this until the end of time, like, that's okay. Um, 
And it's really because of the deeper subconscious work that I've done. And I'll address exactly what I've done. Like my perspective now is like, if she wants to like give me all of her energy, then like, please go ahead. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like only good things can come from someone obsessing over you that much. But you have to do like, you have to kind of quote unquote, keep your side of the street clean. Like you have to do the deeper subconscious work. So here's exactly what I did. Um, I addressed it in a deep kind of like self-guided meditation and I'll walk you through exactly how I did it. So step one, I just like spent a few minutes or a few seconds taking deep breaths and then I started visualizing myself floating in water. So like the actual feeling of floating in water. And if that's something that freaks you out, you can pick something else. I just think like I find water to be so relaxing and like the vastness of the ocean to be, I don't know, there's just something so like deep and mystical and like full of uh, universal wisdom in the ocean. I don't know. So like you can pick some other form of like getting yourself to get in that like super relaxed state where your subconscious can come forward. But for me, just spending time visualizing myself floating in water, like on my back, there's like gentle, gentle waves going by. I feel the temperature of the water against my skin. I can hear the sounds of the waves, things like that really gets me under. And so once I'm like in that like kind of deeper relaxed state I take this person and I set them down and I say everything that I need to say to her and I get the responses that I want out of her so apologies explanations taking ownership um I would recommend if you're doing this to like address the parts where you feel guilty or feel like you did something wrong and if you find yourself being like I haven't done anything to this person ever I would challenge you to really think like I don't know I just think like there is almost always something that we've done, even if it pales in comparison to what the other person has done. And, you know, if it's like something more extreme, like sexual abuse or something that might, that doesn't hold because like, you know, you never do anything to deserve that type of abuse. But like in a regular conflict with a family member or a friend or an ex or something, we've usually played some kind of part also. Like for me, I know I wasn't communicating well, like I don't, I mean, I've replayed it in my mind a thousand times and it would have been highly uncomfortable for me to communicate all of the times when I felt like extreme icks about her and her behavior and our friendship and like our relationship in general, but it certainly could have saved this outcome, you know? And like, now I think I have a lot more tools and like, you know, at the time, I think a lot of us do this in romantic relationships, especially you ignore the things that are really bothering you because you just kind of want this to work. And then it piles on and it piles on and it piles on. So, you know, I should have like been more honest with myself from the get go and been like, oh, I don't think this is actually like the right person for me to be this, you know, kind of intimately involved with (laughs) intimately involved. I don't mean sexually, although it sounds like that. We just like, you know, we had stuff we were doing together. Anyway, 
So, you know, I apologize in this meditative state to her for like not communicating clearer, for even like making our friendship as big as it was, because like she really should have just stayed as like a surface level friend in my life. Um, And I knew that and there were red flags all along. Yet I just kind of ignored them because of like the place that I was in at the time. Um, You know, you can tell them off for what they've done. Um, like really, I mean, if you want to scream at them, yell at them, even like hit them, like whatever you need to do in that meditative state to just get all of your feelings out, I would do it. And then I would encourage you to like really see them as the wounded person that they are because A, everyone's wounded in one way or another, but also like this is particularly if you're dealing with something like my situation where there's like bullying or like online trolls or things like that, healthy people don't obsess over you. Like they don't have their energy linger on you. Like what's that stupid expression? Like hurt people, hurt people. But it's true. Like if someone's out here like trying to hurt you, there's something severely wrong with them. Now, regardless of whether that applies or not, this next part applies to everyone. Remember that they are not who you wanted and needed them to be. So like with the situation of my friend, like, you know, I thought that she was this like super like self-assured and like wise and like just like very confident and like very secure in herself kind of person. And I think at the time I needed an example of that in my life because I was like feeling so insecure about so many things and like needed to be like more independent and like more confident and stuff. Obviously, like this person is not who I thought that she was. Like she's like the least independent person I've ever met. Like extreme, extreme, uh, not inter like extreme dependence on other people. Like a little bit of like codependency type stuff. Like, um, you know, not. I mean, obviously, like someone who's actually like really self assured and like in a good place with themselves doesn't spend time like bullying someone from a fake Instagram account. Um. Like whatever this person once represented to you, like they clearly are not that. So think about it. Like what did they represent? Like fun, nurture, like, I don't know, maybe uh, like a motherly or a sisterly figure or like whatever it is. Keep in mind that this person isn't that But how can you bring those things into your life? So like if they represented kind of like lighthearted fun, how can you bring lighthearted fun into your life? If they represented nurture, how can you bring nurture into your life? If they represented that like kind of like boss bitch, independent female, like how can you bring more of that energy into yourself? Um... And then the next thing I would do is like to put it in perspective, like there are bigger things going on in the world. And this is sometimes an annoying thing to say, but in these situations, like I remember two weeks ago, like, or whenever it was that she did her most recent round of cyberbullying, like obviously it felt like just like being shot in the stomach initially. And then when I was down there in this meditative state, I was like, this country is like literally attacking women's reproductive rights. Like this incident is so minuscule given everything else going on in the world right now. And then this last step is what really, really sealed it in for me and like got all of the feelings out. 
I can almost guarantee that if something is happening in adult life, it's mirroring something similar from childhood. So the first step for that is you want to figure out what incident it's mirroring. For me, it came up in the same type of meditative process. I did this daily for like a week and a half until I was able to get to the root of it because I couldn't get there every day, like at the first time. So every single day I'd like, you know, visualize myself floating in water, yada, yada, until I was calm, until I was talking to her. And then like the seventh day, all of a sudden I was like, boom, this reminds me of when I was like 13 or 14. I used to be friends with this girl. We stopped being friends. I don't remember exactly why. I have a feeling it was like my fault. That's neither here nor there. Then her and this other girl I used to be friends with would like bully me in school. Like we'd like, like, like would say like really, really mean things to me when we were passing each other in the hallway. So I was like, oh my God. This incident almost exactly like energetically mirrors that incident from when I was 13 or 14. So then in the meditative state, instead of pulling up this girl, the cyber bully, I instead pulled up the girl from when I was 13 or 14. Her name is Marissa. I'll just put that out there because I don't give a shit. No one listening to this podcast knows her and there's no way she would be listening to this podcast. And if she does, hey, Marissa, you make my life hell. Um, So... I like sat her down and I was like, what you did left a really big imprint on me. Like, I understand you may have had reasons to be upset with me, but to bully me like that was completely uncalled for. And I even like explained to her, I was like, listen, like at that time I was going through hell in my childhood house. Like it was a very abusive place to be. My only reprieve was coming to school every day. And then you made school hell for me too. So I wasn't safe anywhere. Like you made it so that I was never safe inside my body. The few hours that I got to escape the turmoil that was going on in my childhood home, I then had to experience turmoil at your hands. And that was really, really fucked up. And, you know, in that meditative state, I like got her to like apologize and like really own up to it. And then when I came out of that, like, experience, that meditative experience where I had Marissa, like, the OG bully apologize to me, the second cyber bully didn't even matter. She became so insignificant because I realized, and this is kind of woo-woo, but I do kind of believe this, I think that these things happen in our adult lives to help us go back to the root and heal the root. So like the role that this cyberbully plays in my life really is to help me address that childhood wounding. So like now if she wants to bully me more, like in fact, I kind of want her to because I have a feeling it's not going to feel charged the way it used to feel for me. And, um, you know, I can tell you I feel really light about it now, but I'd be very curious to see the next time she does it, if she ever does it again, if it would still have that kind of like <gasps> punch in the gut feeling for me, or if I would just be like, whatever, like, this is so whatever. Like I, you know, I like wish her well. And I, she's a smart girl. I hope that she stops focusing all of her attention on me for her own sake. But if she wants to keep focusing all of her attention on me, like by all means, like bring more vibration into my life, you know? And that is like one parting word, word I will say. If you have trolls in your life, like you can't, like you're doing something right if you have some kind of trolls. Cause like if at some point 
as like whatever platform you have is growing bigger, there are going to be people that don't like you. And that's just life. And honestly, the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Hate is just another form of love. So if people hate you, they really fucking love you. (laughs) So, you know, if you're getting like negativity from trolls and cyber bullies and stuff, like A, that's their shit. It's not yours. But B, like you're actually interesting enough. Like I look at my (laughs) podcast reviews and they're all like, really really nice and I'm like well I'll know when I've made it when I have like a million reviews but like you know there's gonna be some negative ones in there too because like look at all of like the top 10 top 50 podcasts there's not one of them has straight positive reviews there's mixed because that's just what happens when you get big enough so this is all very windy and it obviously like not everyone is experiencing bullying. Like I said, we all have some situation that triggers that like (gasps) punch in the gut kind of feeling. If you have that and it's a situation where a conversation just isn't possible, I would encourage you to try my meditation technique and just have that conversation with them from a meditative state. Say exactly what you need to say. Yell, curse, do whatever you need. You personally need to do. Get them to say whatever it is that you need to hear from them and just start seeing them as that wounded person who is acting based on their own traumas because that's really what it is. You know, um, Ozzy asked me something interesting this morning about something completely unrelated. Like he was like, I don't understand how you can like look this person in the eye after what they've done to you. And I was like, because everyone acts on their own level of trauma. That's what it is. Like there's no bad, there's no good, there's no bad people, there's no good people. Like there have been so many times with the cyber bully specifically where I wanted to be like, she's just a bad person, but she's not. She's just, she like me, like all of the rest of us are just acting on the trauma that we've experienced on our own wounding. Like think about how powerless you have to feel to log into a fake Instagram account and like not only bully someone you used to be friends with, but do so in a way where everyone knows who it's coming from. Like anyone who reads her comments knows who the actual author is because it's like super obvious and it's so embarrassing. Like think how powerless you have to feel to do something like that. So what, whoever your comparable situation is to my personal cyber bully, try this method, see if it brings you any relief, because like I said, you can be the bigger person by white knuckling it, but who wants to do that? Right? Like, I don't want to do that. I'm just a lazy Taurus. Like I'd rather heal it. So I don't have to try so hard and it comes naturally and the weight is taken off of it. Like I'd rather be in a place where like seeing her name doesn't make me gasp. I'm just like, Oh, wonder how she is moving right along. Cause at the end of the day, all of these people, like whoever you have some kind of feelings towards that's a burden and a weight that you're carrying. Just like she is carrying the burden and the weight of me and our conflict. And like, unfortunately, she just doesn't have like the tools, the resources and, uh, you know, the self-awareness to work on it the way that I am. So she's just going to have to keep carrying that burden. But like, you don't want to be carrying around the burden of someone else. So try this method. Let me know how it works. I'll keep you guys updated on this situation. 
Um, I know I just had like a bunch of stuff about reviews, but like, please leave a five-star review because that would mean so much. But honestly, if you're going to leave a negative review, do that too. Just like leave reviews because it really fucking helps. Seriously. Um, share this episode. Um, yada, yada. Thank you so much for listening. This is the 87th episode coming up on a hundred really fucking soon. And I'm so pumped. Um, yeah, seriously. Thank you guys for listening. This is like my weekly therapy session. I'm so excited that I got to do this. And I love when I see these moments of growth in myself, because I know that it's so much of it has come from the podcast and I love sharing like how I got to the next place and hopefully it'll help someone. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.